Hey, everybody. Welcome to the TechConnect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Riverman. Dean, we're digging into the world of MSPs today. Yes. Digging. D- yes. Digging, yeah. Yes. I mean, I... I it's know. a metaphor for... It's, I don't know. It's a metaphor for digging? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we're not busting out shovels here or anything. You know, I'm not literally... I'm not just, literally digging, I'm just saying, yes. we're, we're talking about MSPs because we're talking <clears throat> yes. to an MSP today. Yes. Getting into a conversation because I, I feel like this is a topic of interest for us as a distributor. This is true. You know, we... we that we, doesn't we, typically, uh, you know, have MSPs as customers. Uh, That's exactly. Right. And That's then right. to our VARs as well, who mm-hmm. maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe they feel like it's a, a little com- competition going on. Nah. Or maybe it's more of a, hey, we'd like to kind of, you know, work with MSPs Uh more. We're not really sure how. Right. Maybe Mm -hmm. even take on some of that stuff ourselves and vice versa. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So we're digging into this a little bit today. We've got Shane Mishler with us. He is with uh, SD Tech. Nice. We're going to talk a little bit about the kind of the traditional roles of the MSPs Mm -hmm. and the VARs. Mm -hmm. Explain. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think most people know the differences, but we're talking about maybe where there's typically been some crossover in the past. All right. Or maybe we should be looking at more collaboration options. Yep. We're going to talk with him a little bit about you know what happens in his world when a customer does start asking for the stuff that's typically more of the VAR world, yes. as, we, as we commonly think of it. Do they shy away? Do yeah. They, you know, do they yeah. step mm-hmm. back? Mm-hmm. Do they hand it off? Does right. it case by case? Mm-hmm. And maybe vice versa, what happens when you know, yep. Uh, yep. You know yep. a VAR potentially is you know pushing something in their direction? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll get into a lot of emerging tech stuff, too. Yeah, uh, that's know, good. Some of the, I'll, I'll, yeah, this will uh, be a good I'm very curious from their perspective about you know the emerging tech that we're always talking about for on sure. here, AI and edge yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we got some some good conversations to have here, you know, like an MSPs and VARs, bridging that gap between them, maybe. And Kumbaya. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we're just, <laughs> We can all get together. One big happy tech one family One big here. happy tech family. That's right. Uh, all that plus our usual value to the VAR. What's that connecting with us? It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, as I mentioned, our guest today is Shane Mishler. Did I pronounce that correctly, Mishler? You did. All right. You pronounce it better uh, than I do most of the time. <laughs> I always like to make sure I get that right. He is the, the VP and COO of SD Tech. Shane, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate having you on the show. Again, we, we appreciate having a different perspective than we normally get Absolutely. You know, in, in the world of tech and you know and how we go out there and, and help our customers with technology. So tell us a little about yourself, your background, and maybe a little bit about what you know SD Tech specializes in. Yeah, I can easily do it. Thank you so much for having me on, and uh, I always appreciate a fresh perspective. So uh, I'm glad I could offer that to you guys. Uh, so a little bit about me. I'll give you some of my background real quick in a nutshell. I'm the oldest of eight kids. I have five brothers and two sisters that are um, my youngest siblings are only 12 years younger. So I grew up in a house where wow, yeah, like 10, 10 to 11, 10 to 11 people whenever I was a teenager. Uh, I learned a lot about managing various personalities, but I didn't realize that's what was happening until a decade later. Uh, I've SD Tech is the fifth company I've worked for over 20 years of a professional career. So I started off in the food and service industry. I moved to oil and gas. I was a roughneck for about five years, hated every minute of my life, (laughs) (laughs) but you get used to the money. Uh, And then I took uh, 13 months off of work and after having been in oil and gas for so long, I reconnected with my family, reconnected with my wife, and spent some time reconnecting with myself. And during that time, I was like, what, what do I want to do? Because 
I've worked in food industry and I loved it, but there wasn't a lot of money. I worked in oil and gas and there was a lot of money, but I really didn't enjoy life. So I was like, what do I like? And I like music and I like art. Um, but behind both of those things, I've always loved and had a passion for technology. So it's like, how do I break into the industry? And I realized that the easiest way to do it was either going to go to school or get a start as a frontline employee. And uh, I needed, I had taken 13 months off work. I needed a job. So I started with this company making nine bucks an hour and they almost didn't hire me because of my uh, background. And they were like, you're a flight risk, man. You, you came from six figures and you're making nine an hour. And I was like, please just give me an opportunity. I know what I want to do. I know I need to be able to break into the industry. And then I spent five years with that company, switched to uh, retail industry, working in corporate, um, and did that for five years. And then I was debating about opening up my own my own uh, business. And during that time, I met the owner of SD Tech, and the two of us connected in a very natural and organic way and had nothing to do with business had to do with our hobbies and we enjoyed the same TV shows. And uh, he was telling me about his business and it had been open for 20 years and he was he was providing this incredible service to small and medium-sized businesses and helping them with technology. And as an individual who knows how other people struggle with technology, I was like, man, I, I really like this. And he was like, yeah, it's an MSP. And I was like, what the hell is an MSP? What, is, what does that mean? What does it stand for? And I had never heard the term. And, uh, it was about two years into working with SD Tech before I felt comfortable explaining what an MSP was. So uh, with you guys, it makes me happy to know that you're familiar with it, and that's amazing. Uh, but now now I'm comfortable and familiar with it, too. So What a great story. Yeah, Very no common doubt. to a lot of our customers, you know, yeah, and yeah. how they get, get into the industry and stuff like that. That's right. Somehow yep. a little bit mm-hmm. of bleeding in and crossover, figuring out their way. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. I, I like they didn't go to school to be a VAR, but here they are, you yeah. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, and I like, too, I like the idea. Maybe that, not the rough net. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. pretty unique. That's, that's a whole. We got to have another podcast on that. <laughs> so that's a that's a whole different level you went through in your background there. To your point, yeah, I'm sure the money was great but man that's yeah woof. that's some kind of special work that uh not 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 many of us have the capacity <laughs> for <laughs> oh, man, it wasn't even the work it was the culture the culture was there there was a culture but it wasn't what i would ever want anybody to be subjected to oh, i see gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Mm-hmm. understood well that's that's definitely a different way to change that game there then too yeah. well good i'm glad we're having this conversation because yeah i i think there's you know uh, and I like that you pointed out that it felt like it took you a couple of years to understand what being an MSP actually means, because I'm not going to lie. I feel like when I came to Blue Star, it took me a couple of years yeah. to understand what yeah. a value-added distributor oh, for sure. is and does yeah. and how we what fit we do. into yeah. this, this particular world. So, who we sell to. Yeah, exactly. Who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> who are these people we're selling to? And why are, why are they the people that are using this stuff that we're idle to? Yeah. So, uh, let's, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about the idea of the MSPs and the VARs, because, yeah, traditionally, those two worlds don't necessarily have a lot of mm-hmm. crossover. Mm-hmm. But I feel like as we get into this increasingly very tech connected world, mm-hmm. well, I was, oh, I didn't realize I was oh, like ooh. totally like branded ourselves there. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, that was <laughs> totally did. unintentional, but that worked out. <laughs> uh, you know, I think more end users, they're just really looking for like, hey, I need tech support. I need someone to help us out, whether it is with the physical gadgets that we're using in our day to day business, mm-hmm. whether it is with networking, whether it is with help desk support. All the little stuff that goes into technology, like I don't think most people in a business sense, you know, someone in the business world mm-hmm. thinks about technology as, you know, a, a couple silos. Like these are the guys that are going to do this. These are the guys that are going to do that. I just want 
the folks that will do this. I want the guy or gal who's going to come in and just take care of all of this for us. Mm. So do you think there is more opportunity there to start blending these two worlds together where there's more collaboration between what you're doing, you know, which is more of the, you know, obviously the, you know, the, the business side of the, you know, the networking, the, the security, IT. the IT, what traditional mm-hmm. IT I think most mm-hmm. people think of mm-hmm. versus what the operational business technology that a lot of our VARs are actually doing. Do you feel like there's some potential for crossover so, there? Not only do I feel like there's potential for crossover, I think that we are reaching a point to where if we don't figure out how to make that happen, we're going to end up being left behind. So over the last um, over the last five years, I joke about not not understanding what an MSP was only to a degree. It really did take me about six months before I got comfortable explaining to somebody else what an MSP was. But now, now that I've been with the company for about five years, one of the things that we're considering is what better explains what we do. So as an MSP, typically the majority of other people think of IT as being siloed. But one of the things that SD Tech does is we take an approach uh, for small and medium-sized businesses, similar to what they, um, similar to what they get when they're going through and building out a new building. So when you're building out a new office, you typically have one GC, a general contractor, who is that point of contact for the business owner, and then they're the ones that handle all of the various silos. Right? They get the electrician, they get the plumber. They're the ones that help with the IT side of things, and they pull it all together to make it for a very easy experience with an owner. Because oftentimes owners can be, uh, I don't know, like a, like a bride on their wedding day. They can, yeah. <laughs> they can get yeah, a little yeah. bit explosive. Uh, so if you give them one point of contact, it's fantastic. So that's what we try and do. We, I, I do not like telling my clients, I need you to contact somebody else. I want to be that point of contact for you. I am your technology expert, and I, I am not an expert in all things technology, but I am an expert in networking. And so I need to know what resources I have available to me to take care of achieving this goal for my client. So if we don't figure out how VARs and MSPs and, and people like you can come together more organically and quickly, I think that I think that the business owners are going to end up looking for totally different solutions. And that's it. It's all solu- solution driven, if mm-hmm. you ask me. I mean, you know, the traditional IT space is not a space that Blue Star as a distributor would, would typically be in, nor would our or would our customers, the resellers, be involved in that. But, you know, we talk a lot about it here, Shane, this convergence of OT and IT as as uh uh, John just kind of set up there. It's just you know the the field is getting more and more blurred every day, right. and and when, now that you have additional technologies that are coming in and being disruptive, a la AI, a la robotics, a la things of that and automation, mm-hmm. things of that nature, where we're really, I mean, you you need IT expertise and you need the specificity or the nichiness that a value added reseller might bring on you know, mobilized edge solutions or right, just right. What, what, what's happening on the edge. Uh, there's just, there's more and more of that. And it's interesting to hear you feel a little threatened, right? In the sense that is an MSP going to be relevant in five, eight years? Don't know, you know, because uh, resellers are feeling the same way. Are we going to be relevant in right. five, eight, 10 years, whatnot? Uh, really fascinating. Which I think is why we've been 
we've been preaching the whole concept for several years now of these these partnerships and developing mm -hmm. solution partnerships and developing an ecosystem where you are partnered up with software companies and we're closer relationships with the hardware manufacturers the stuff that we're trying to do to help bring everybody together i mean it all it's all part of the same picture of again solution providers not this guy that does this, mm -hmm. this gal that does mm -hmm. that, these folks that do this thing, but who's just who's going to take care of it all for me? Well, and to and Shane's point, point yeah. you don't want to, he wants to own the relationship of, you know, exactly. I mean, they've obviously cultivated customers over all these years, the two decades that they've been in business. Uh, their their customers rely on them and yep. see them as a value added, or, you know, trusted advisor yeah. on all yeah. of these fronts. Yeah, for sure. So then, Shane, let's talk about this then. What happens then in your situation where, let's say, a, a customer comes to you and you're maybe you're already working with them where it's a brand new project where you're starting out, you know, like, hey, we're getting the networking infrastructure together. We're figuring out, you know, what your help desk is going to look like or all the, the traditional IT stuff that most people probably do think about. At some point, what happens when that person comes and says, hey, you know what? Um, we do some field work here, so we really need to equip our folks with some tablets or some, you know, some quality mobile computers, or we really want to have some digital displays around the office building, too. When they ask you that kind of stuff of those things they need that are not typically part of your scope, what what happens in, in, when you get those questions? Are you are you taking them on on a case by case basis? Do you try to find you know someone to kind of pass that on to? Not, again, not with the you know call this person, but the all right, yeah, we'll help you out with that. And then you're making a call to someone like Avar or directly to a vendor. So what happens there? And and, and you know as part of that question, how can us and our channel, what we do as a distributor, our relationship with our vendors, the Vars we're working with, how can we help out with that? So what's interesting, John, is that. The things you mentioned are are something that SD Tech has already figured out over the last five years. How do we how do we handle all of that in house? So we, it's it's interesting that you chose us to be on here rather than a slightly more traditional MSP because we have already separated ourselves out greatly. Uh, everything you mentioned is is part of our general support and something we're great at. So that's that part's easy for us. But I'm going to give you a great example of of something where. It's what we want to do for our client, but we know that we're not the best suited. So we have a, a small, I say small medical office. It was small when they started with us up to about 45 employees and I don't know, six or seven different doctors in this office. And, and they think that they're pretty cutting edge. They're not, they're not, they're, they're typically, they're still using uh, computers and, and servers that are between two to five years old. And, and so I'm helping them, you know, try and get, get to be more stable, but they're wanting to be cutting edge. And so the, uh, the owner's wife came to me and she said, Hey, I saw this, this great, I had this great experience at another office. Uh, I don't remember if it was in California, New York. And she was like, they had this little robot that came around and greeted their clients as they were coming into the front office. And when it greeted them, it also had a tablet in its hands and it said, you know, basically fill out your paperwork here. And I was like, man, that's amazing. You guys aren't, you're not ready for that. And she was like, but I'm really interested in it. And I want you to be able, I want to be able to do this. And y'all are our tech guy. You're my tech consultant. You can make this happen. And I'm like, that's amazing. And I would love to be involved in that project. And I'm sure I could spend some time researching it and looking into uh, various solutions. But even if I find something and I'm capable of spending the amount of time to get in there and implement it eventually something is going to happen and that's going to need extra troubleshooting. I need somebody in my back pocket who is an expert in this field. I need somebody that can act as a consultant on my half 
whenever I have this, you know, come up and, and somebody that I can reach out to and say, hey, can you provide me with 10 to 15 different solutions? And let's help narrow it down for my client. Now, this is this is more advanced cutting edge stuff. But I think, you know, the same example could be broken down into 100 different ways with how I want to act as a general consultant for my client. But I still need somebody that I can turn to who's more in that silo and handles this type of product, whatever that product is, and can say, Shane, we've been doing the, the you know, research and development on this, and this is what we think would be good for SD Tech and for SD Tech's clients. That's brilliant. I yeah, love that no use doubt. case because, uh, I mean, that blends right into our world. Who would ha might happen to have ruggedized uh, tablets that you can do? Value-added <laughs> yeah, resellers exactly. in our e ecosystem. Robotics? Oh, yes. That happens to be a major initiative that we're starting to get into, too. So, uh, exactly. You know, I, I think that use, again, it's, it's brilliant. And, and I think it's happening the other way as well. You know, you've got traditional value-added resellers out there that are very knowledgeable about how to install a similar situation to what you're looking for, uh, but they don't have, uh, you know, the, the expertise in the IT world or managing software and all the things that a maybe, and I'm going to use air quotes, a traditional MSP, mm -hmm. you know, would bring to the solution. And it's just, it's more of this convergence that's happening. Yeah. We're seeing it on the software side. Uh, we're seeing it, you know, on the hardware side as well. And, and actually, Shane, I got a question on there. One of the gaps that we feel like is out there is on the programming side. So, for example, in your use case where, you know, maybe some robotics would be installed either front of house or we get into a lot of what we call back of house stuff in the transportation logistics warehouse. There's a lot of robotics, AMR happening in there. Um, but there's a little bit of a gap in the programming aspect, meaning people who actually with fingers on keyboards that can integrate some of these advanced edge solutions into the ERP or, you know, their existing things. So are your customers asking you about software support or maybe even getting into some light coding like APIs so, and stuff like that? that? That's a good question. And no, no, my customers aren't. So, but while my customers aren't, my CEO is. And so, so Wes is consistently looking for people who can assist us with, with uh, bridging the gaps that we have identified that we're hoping that our, that we can, we can fix those gaps before our customers do start asking. And so a lot of it is just things that are going to make, you know, our, our means of doing business a little bit easier because the, there's either a whole lot of tedious steps that have to be done or there's a lot of coding that has to be done to bridge some of these different systems together. And, and for us, I think that's another thing where you know, having a, a, a person who's acting as my point of contact that can help me connect with other individuals. And I don't have that right now. Exactly. I mean, what's that? <laughs> oh, you've read it. You might be able to find out, but it, it just speaks to the complexity that we're all kind of facing, really right? Uh, of IT infrastructure. Of course, that's already kind of complex, but as the edge grows and these and these solutions demand more out of sensors and and automation and things of that nature, it's just naturally going to happen yeah. uh, that that these worlds are going to collide. And and to back to your point, John, it's all around the partnerships, right? right and who right. you develop and vetting that and and having some uh, comfort level, right? Uh, as Shane is indicating here, you know, I'm not going to walk in front with just anybody. Yeah, I only oh, yeah. have a comfort level on what the solution is and and what what would be provided. Yeah, and I think it goes back to something we've talked about many times too, which is. You know, we always encourage folks like, hey, lean into your expertise, mm. lean into what you're best at. Mm -hmm. If you if your if your expertise is networking, fine, lean into that. If your expertise is mobile 
mobility solutions. Fine, mm-hmm. lean into that. Mm-hmm. But with the also the knowledge in the back of your head that, hey, you can't just rely on that mm-hmm. because if that's all you're willing to do and you're telling customers, sorry, once you ask for anything beyond that, I'm going to say no or I'm going to pass you off to someone else or maybe make a light recommendation or something, you're only hurting your business. I think it's fine to have that kind of mentality of, look, we are the best at what we do when it comes to X, Y, Z, these particular fields, whether that is IT space, whether that's the technology, the hardware, the software, whatever it is, it's fine to have that expertise. But then to what we've just been discussing here, that you've built this network around you, this kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. this this comfort zone of this, you know, tech stack and Mm -hmm. these partnerships and, you know, this this integration that you've got built around you, that when someone does come to you and say, here's what I want to accomplish from start to finish, you can still say, yeah, we're going to take care of that. We've got that for you. Right. I know that I'm going to be the the point of, you know, contacting the expert for whatever that XYZ stuff is. But I've got the folks that I feel comfortable with that I've grown to, you know, to rely on. Mm-hmm. Maybe I know just enough about their business to tell you what they're going to help you out with. I'll bring them in and introduce you. We'll work together. It's just it's all part of this bigger picture of, again, a single somewhat single point of contact that has all the network, as you mentioned earlier, that network, that connections mm-hmm. to all the people that you need to bring in. I just I think there's there's so much to be said for that. And mm-hmm. again, in this hyper fast paced world that we're in where everyone wants to go out yeah. and figure out like, hey, I need this. Well, yeah. Why can't I have a robot with a tablet in my front office yeah, tomorrow? Exactly. And why can't <laughs> you guys be the ones that do that? You yeah. did all the other stuff for me. It's just yeah. another type of tech, right? Because right? again, the end and you know, I mean I know, you know, I'm not saying the end users are unsophisticated, but at the same time, when these folks are coming up and doing these projects, mm-hmm. they do want to know that like, look, I I know that we don't have the infrastructure to do all this. Mm-hmm. I want to know that there's somebody I can turn to that'll help me make that that happened that in a sense kind of the general contractor of a tech world of mm-hmm, sorts mm-hmm. that can help bridge that gap and bring all those folks back together again so i think there's a lot a lot to be said about that shane did you have any other you know any other thoughts on that about you know fitting into the var world and fitting into our channel and where you think we can help you know work together on making this happen a little bit more often because you guys seem like you've kind of sort of figured it out uh, and and do you have some advice to help maybe other MSPs that might be listening or VARs that want to d- develop these relationships? So so I do have a little bit. So we have uh, one one VAR that we work with for a handful of all of our software solutions. So we go to them for basics like uh, office licensing. We go to them for uh, our uh, antivirus software. Right. And so they, they assist us with the licensing solutions and that's great. And they offer a whole bunch of products. And for the first couple of years that we were working with them, I was happy that we had somebody that we could go to and say, Hey, this is what we need. They, you know, showed us the billing interface and it's nice and easy and it, and it takes a lot of the weight off. That's great. But it wasn't until the second year of working with them. And we had a change in our account manager and this new account manager who I'm sure, you know, was trying to showcase how awesome he was. He was like, Hey, did you guys know that we have peer-to-peer groups? And I was like, what the hell is a peer-to-peer group? He said, well, we connect you with with other MSPs, with other people who are in your positions, and we can shift those positions a little bit if you want to interact with a variety of people, and we will help bring you guys together and network you all across the U.S. And I'm like, that's that's a weird thing for you guys to be doing. And I was like, how's why? I like it, but why? Why did y'all start doing this? And they were saying, well, we found that when you guys get together and y'all are talking about what issues you're running into, then we're able to extract from that, right? Uh, and talk about what we could be doing different to make things easier from you. 
And I was like, oh man, that's that's really genius and not something I would have expected from somebody that I was buying office licenses from. And then our relationship grew a little bit more and uh, it was over margaritas, right? So, I mean, we're drinking some tequila. Of course, the relationship grows. And this gentleman's like, hey, so what else can we be doing? And I'm like, it's nice that you offer us solutions that I know I'm looking for, but what about the solutions that I don't know that I'm looking for? And he was like, what do you mean? And I said, well, I mean, exactly what I just said. What I, what's not, it's not hard to understand. I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> uh, and I was like, but y'all, you guys have like 3,000, 3,500 different software products that you put up in front of us. I don't have the time to go through those. You have gotten to know us over the last couple of years. You know what products we're already using. So, so even if you don't know my clients, you have an idea of what my clients look like. Can you come to me and say, hey, Shane, these are some other things that I've seen you that you might be interested in. And then they've been able to do that for us, you know, because they're doing the research and development and choosing what products to add to their platform. Now help me figure out which products I'm more interested in. And they, they've been able to do that. It's not, they haven't shown us uh, 10 different products that we've started using, but they have shown us probably three to five over the last two years that we've been able to roll out to our clients. And, and I have absolutely appreciated that. Um, past that, he's also gotten us in contact with other, uh, I, I, I don't really know what the term would be, but I guess a value-added reseller. And they've helped us with more complex solutions that I don't typically think of when I think of a VAR. So we recently rolled out uh, Azure Virtual Desktops with one of our clients and got them mostly moved fully into the cloud. Well, it's it's pretty complex and there's a lot of things that go into it. And rolling out the solution is not difficult but rolling out the solution and managing it can be. And so now we have this group in our pocket who assists us through those types of things. And so I have another expert with these more complex issues and we wouldn't have found out about them if it weren't for the guys that we were already working with who are looking for ways to make managing my customers easier. Yeah. Really that's good the, use that's case. That's a success story right there. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You, yep, no doubt. You get a great partnership. They help you find your next partnership, and mm-hmm. it just all keeps coming together. Mm-hmm. Well, Shane, you kind of mentioned the idea of you know the technology you don't necessarily know that you need, right. or again, you know, as we start talking more and more about new technologies on the market, and we talk a lot on this show about emerging tech like AI, edge computing, machine vision and learning, robotics. We've been talking about already cybersecurity. So. All this stuff is things that we think that VARs should be watching, that they should be incorporating in their tech stack, developing those relationships and partnerships wherever they can. Mm-hmm. We talk to all kinds of amazing people that are always like, hey, get in touch with these folks, have them at least have them a relationship and some kind of a contact with them so that when these opportunities start happening, you're ready to roll. You got somebody, yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, all the related software folks on that side too. So what are you and your team you know, talking about right now with these kind of new edge type emerging technologies? What are you investing in? What are you advocating for? What, when you're talking to businesses and maybe they're not ready for this stuff yet, or they think they're not, what kind of stuff are you saying you, you need to be at least watching this stuff. It's fine if you're not ready yet, but you need to be watching out for it. So we haven't reached a point where we are telling many of our clients, you need to start watching for this stuff. Um, but what we are realizing with within our own business, and I say we're realizing this is something that we've been really focused on for the last two years, is as a company, as an MSP, it's easier for me to say as a company, as a company who positions themselves to be the general consultant of all things technology, 
we have to carve out time to do exactly what you're talking about, to figure out what are we a what are we passionate about? And sometimes what we're passionate about is not helpful for our clients at all. Like we're passionate about crypto. Crypto is not helpful for our clients. That's that's nothing. But I am passionate about where some of that technology is going to take us. Um, and then we have things that our clients are asking us about. And they're like, hey, man, this is tech. What are your thoughts? What are you looking at? And we're like, well, I can understand that it sounds cool, but that's not something we're interested in at all. So, but we're, we're having to figure out what, what are we interested in and what will our clients be interested in in the future? And so I think the number one thing that we have been paying attention to is AI, right? So chat GPT, um, the, the open language models, where's that going to take us? Because right now over the last year, we've had the most questions circled around that. And I have clients who have gone, Hey, how can I utilize this? And I'm like, well, you can have it write emails for you and then you can <laughs> go from there, you know? Right, right, right. And, but so we're, we're having to pay attention to that. So, but beyond that, for me, uh, I mean, CES just happened, right? So it's looking at all the highlights because I didn't go this year, hoping to next year. And CES really showcased some of the, the cool things that I think are going to be able to be implemented into small to medium-sized businesses pretty soon. And one of those big ones is like the little robotic AI companions. Um, I, I think that that's, I think that there's more opportunity for that to help have an impact on small business owners than, than we may realize right now. Um, just having that little companion when you're running your office, that alone can be nice because it can get lonely sometimes. And then having a, a virtual AI assistant that you can ask questions to, and it can, you know, project onto your walls, a, a video instead of having to, there's, there's a lot of use cases there that. I think are unrealized right now. One of yeah. the, I just got back from the uh, NRF show. Cause so going back to your roots and retail hospitality, I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening obviously in that space. And w the one that kind of really glared for me was machine vision mm -hmm. and, and the mm -hmm. use of machine vision and just a variety of applications. Of course, in retail, it's all around anti-theft or, you know, trying to thwart that um, by using AI and, and, and detecting when, when things like that happen. But uh, machine vision has so many use cases and so many different verticals. Uh, so I, you know, I'm just feeling the sense that everybody's going to have to start to learn how to install some cameras, you know, <laughs> put in some, some AI around it yeah, and, uh, yeah. because it's getting very sophisticated and very easy. I mean, there was just a lot of talk about just literally, you know, drop in technology that would just hang on the network and, you know, through a couple, couple cameras, you can do a lot of stuff yeah. with it. So I always it's, feel it's like really it's fascinating a, that there's a, that's a sign that you're you need to make sure that your business is getting involved in this. When when people start creating solutions that are like the drop in, plug mm -hmm, in, mm -hmm. you know, plug and play, anybody can do it stuff. Yep. If you've gotten that far and you're not it, that's not part of your business model yet, you might already be a little bit too late. <laughs> right. <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's your sign. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's that's your sign. your sign that you need to be involved now <laughs> at this point. It's like, hey, we're we're making this super easy even at almost the consumer level now. Mm -hmm. You probably better make sure this is part of your day-to-day -day, right. yeah. you know, tech stack and yeah. conversations as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, hey, this has been good stuff. I think this has given us a little bit of insight into the world of MSPs, how it yes. relates to bars, and maybe where we can start finding some oh, ways like to, to collaborate yep, with one another yep, here. Yep, yep. Uh, before we wrap up with our usual recurring segments, I want to, as always, thank our sponsors here on the Tech Connect podcast. We appreciate your support of our Tech Connect program. Yes. The pod as well. And of course, as always, if you like the show, we, we need to hear from you. Yep. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. Leave us a comment of some sort. It's uh, so easy. Uh, yeah. we, get, we get bot comments from time to time, but I 
want some real comments from folks, you know? like <laughs> Or you got an idea, you know, yeah, drop us a line. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if there's a question you have, a follow-up that maybe something we didn't ask, and you're like, hey, I'd like to hear about this, fine. You know, we'll, we'll ask some follow-up questions. We'll get back around to these topics <laughs> later. Yeah. Uh, follow us everywhere you can. Recommend. 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 Man, me speak good. Recommend <laughs> the show to uh, your, your friends and colleagues who might be interested in this stuff. Uh, hey, maybe this is an opportunity for you to go out to an MSP that you're yes. close with and say, hey, you know what? I was listening to my yes. favorite podcast, and they were talking about what you guys do. What do you yep. think about this? Let's partner up. Uh, and mm-hmm. as always, send your ideas to us. Seriously. Drop, go to the show notes. There's always a link to drop ideas out to us. You can also send those in by email, techconnect.bluestarinc.com. And you can also find us on Blue Star's LinkedIn. That's Blue Star Inc. on LinkedIn. All right, let's wrap up, as always, with our recurring segments. First, let's start with VAR value here. Because All right, sir. I, I feel like, you know, we've kind of made the case here mm-hmm, that there's some mm-hmm, value to mm-hmm. VARs, you know, in, in, in understanding the MSP world and maybe starting to talk about this stuff. So, Shane, from your perspective, if you let's say you're sitting in the VAR shoes right now and you're thinking, all right, um, they maybe they want to get more involved potentially in managed services, maybe either making that part of their business or figuring out where they need to, you know, start branching out and reaching out to an SD tech or a similar company to help them out on that side of things. Mm. So what services in particular do you think would be, are the most valuable for VARs to go out and talk about with their customers, maybe places where it intersects with what they're already doing where, you know, with their focus on like operational technology, or maybe when they're bringing in software companies for solutions, where do you feel like there's, there's some opportunity to start talking about these kind of services that would either lead them to a partnership with someone like you, or maybe find something they can incorporate into their own business? Uh, that's a really good question. And so I think it was about a month ago that you guys let me know that you were interested in having me on your show. And I have been rattling this around in my brain the entire time. And the quick answer is, is I'm not really sure. The long answer is, is a lot of what we've already talked about. So um, one, when you're reaching out, uh, drop the, the, the cut and paste, you know, sales pitch. Uh, it's, it's just not going to go over very well. But instead, tell me a little bit about what you're already doing and tell me a little bit about what you're hoping to gain from, from working with an MSP. I think that's a really good place to start. Uh, what I shared earlier about the VAR that we're currently working with, our, our account manager, Dominique, he's, he's amazing. And he has looked for ways to take what they're doing and what we're doing and try and find um, new, new value-added solutions, right? And, and I really appreciate that. I think it starts with simple things, identifying uh, the software solutions that an MSP may need or the hardware solutions an MSP may need. And then let us know that you can act as our consultant on the back end and that you know, tell me about the support that you're going to provide outside of the immediate, this is my product and this is how you can use it. That's good stuff. I like that. That's how you bridge gaps, right? Uh, yeah. You use complementary partnerships. Uh, you know, we well, preach I, it. And, I, and I think his last comment there is rings true too of the mm, idea of like, mm-hmm. go beyond just like, what have you got for me? Because again, yeah, right. another thing we're always preaching is like, this isn't, we're no longer in a world where just a, a product play is going to get it done. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, it could, but if that's all you've got to offer, then they can just as easily go out on Amazon or anywhere else and yep. and, and and do the same thing. Right? Find you know, like, I yeah. can find that product myself too. Why do I need you to tell me that I need a certain product? Mm-hmm. But what I think when you're when you're expanding that out and talking about like, hey, I've got this product for you. However, 
here's what else we're going to do. We're mm-hmm. going to help you out with installation. We're going to help you out with finding software. We're going to help you out if you have any managed services you do need. We've got a partner that we can reach out to to help mm-hmm. out on that. Mm-hmm. It's all part of just that being a good consultative salesperson. Well, yeah, and there's, and there's areas you can find that, like networking. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of our solutions on the edge are now needing to tap into 5G and uh, you yep. know, private yep. networks and things of that nature. This is an expertise that you, you, I, most FARs don't have in your right. house, so you got to go to an MSP. You know that it has, you know, certain expertise in the connectivity part of it. It's it's just a natural thing to happen. There you go. So I agree. Yeah. All right, great. Well, hey, let's wrap things up as always with our favorite segment each week. That's what's tech connecting with you. This is where we get to talk about something in the world of tech, science, business, yes. innovation, discoveries, interesting stuff, or just I don't know, whatever. Fun thing we've been playing around with that we feel like talking about today. So, Shane, I'll let you kick this off here. What's Tech Connecting with you right now? So, what's Tech Connecting with me right now is, I already talked about it a little bit, is the nice little AI robot companions that they they just announced. I saw two different models. Um, neither of them are great yet. They're not, like, I'm not, I'm not prepared to go out and buy one right now. But I think that this is probably the last iteration that will be released before I do go buy one. Ah. Um, yeah, and I they just need a little a little bit more, but I I like where it's going, and so the idea of having this uh, AI robotic companion that can tie in with your all of your connected home services, right? Your lights, your AC, just all of the various things, and it acts as a sentry when you're not home, and so it, it roams the house, right? Kind of like a like a Roomba, but it's not vacuuming, and and it can send you alerts. So if there's something that's an electronic that's on and in use, but nobody's actually using it, it can send you an alert. And then if you want, if it's connected to like a smart plug, you can tell it to disable it. And it can it can interact with your home while you're there. And then they have, of course, built-in cameras. And so it can watch your pets for you and allow you to have that. And you can communicate with it. And then when you're home, you have... I mean, we always have our phones. So that's, to me, that's like one of the biggest things that we're going to have to be able to overcome is why do I want this when I already have a phone? But having the ability to say, hey, you know, bring me up a recipe for dinner or tell me a little bit about the weather. And then one of them has a built-in projector and it will find a surface big enough and project video onto your wall or the back of a couch or whatever. So that way you have a nice little mobile device that can actually interact with you differently. And I, I love that. I think I that's amazing. I love this. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we are getting closer to the Jetsons. This is Rosie, <laughs> the, the, the robot are. that just, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so is it that? that yeah, go ahead, Shane. I think there's a lot of a lot of potential there for, for health care, you know, for, for like elderly and for individuals who are, are more often than not alone. And to have that. Uh, I know that that probably worries a lot of people too, but I think that there's a lot of potential there. So the ones that are out right now, they're small. I think they're probably about 18 to, to 22 inches tall, um, size of a small dog. And I think one, one of the two, that's what it even talks about, you know, it's like, it's going to come home and greet you. So when you come home, it's going to be there and it's going to greet you like a dog, but a dog that you can interact with very differently. And I'm like, well, I, I like my dogs, but I, I'm always open to having a new one. You know, I'm always open to having a new friend. More importantly, will it actually listen to you? Because my dog, when I get home, just jumps all over me, won't stop attacking me, won't stop getting in my way. I just want it to listen to me. And if if it'll accomplish that, then, I mean, not that I'm going to trade in the dog for it just yet. Also can't turn on and off the lights for you and stuff like (laughs) that. Drop something in your calendar invite, (laughs) you know. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want the rosy thing. Can't quite accomplish that yet. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good stuff. 
<laughs> Always love to see what's happening at CES. Yeah. Knowing how the other home solutions work, it's probably going to listen when you don't want it to. And well, it true. Listen when you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Good point. Good point. That's a very good point. All right, Dean, what's second? I'm going to go AI. More thwarting of AI. Okay. So here's the headline: Sony, Canon, and Nikon to develop digital signatures for photographs, distinguishing distinguishing shots from AI-generated yeah, images. I this, like yeah. this a lot. You know, I feel bad about all the professionals out there making, you know, shooting uh, real photography only to have it hacked, right? Right, uh, right. So their technology is embedding digital signatures and images so they can be distinguished uh, from increasingly sophisticated fakes. You know, we've all seen the deep fakes that are out there, oh, yeah. you know, like what what did you, yeah, was the Pope really shaking the hand <laughs> of, you know, you name what whoever was it was. Wasn't there an image a couple years ago of him wearing like I don't know like a yes, pinky coat or the something, big puffy like coat, a big puffy coat, yeah. <laughs> Which honestly, the first time I saw it, I was just like, why is the Pope wearing this designer coat? Right. I, I thought it was real for yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not only are they doing, but an alliance of global news organizations and technology companies and camera makers are launching a web-based tool called Verify, where you can check the image uh, for free and to make sure if it was actually something done in camera. You know right, that it right. has that di- digital signature. So that's awesome. Uh, so now there's a standard that's that's being used by Nike or I'm sorry Nikon Sony and Canon uh, around this and and by the way those three companies control 90% of the digital uh, global camera uh, market so there you go um, and if you upload an image into it, it'll tell you whether or not it was actually shot on one of their cameras. Mm-hmm. Again, that's 90% mm-hmm. of what's out there, or if it was not, you know, or it had right, what right. it's called no content credentials. So there you go. We, we're, we're thwarting AI yeah. Uh, yeah. by actually embedding it into the actual, you know, the, the, the original. But yeah. there, there's more more of this stuff that's going on. Google is, is doing some embed uh, uh, technology, digital watermarks on some of the things that they're doing. Intel, a great partner of ours, developed technology to determine whether an image is authentic by analyzing the skin color that indicates blood flow under the subject's oh, skin. Oh, wow. That's like, whoa, oh, those wow. those Intel folks are like Whirlybird, right? So they if, can get- if, they, if it doesn't have the six <laughs> fingers, that, that typically is a giveaway. Yeah, right. Now you can at least be like, yeah. all right, does it actually look like it's yeah, a There's no blood in that yeah. human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. So yeah, I mean, this stuff is just fascinating. But look how fast all this is like, you know, happening. I know. So Don't anyway, you just I, wish for a change. Kudos we to would, those guys. We would think about this stuff and develop this stuff first before we release this insane right? technology. I mean, no. I know that's never going to yeah. happen because yeah, 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 yeah. We, yeah. We, we we tend to put a lot of carts before horses sometimes. No, a little but, bit, a little bit. Uh, but I'm glad to see that we're now we can check our with. photos at least to yeah. make sure that you know call the BS meter. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we it needs to happen because we're. I feel like we there's we're going to hit some kind of uh, inflection point where a very unfortunately dangerous potential photo or video will come out that's a, that's a fake and is AI generated no. cause some serious that issues. would never happen in say a lead up to an election like <laughs> yeah, we're going exactly. to be exactly <laughs> could be cause some yeah. real serious issues <laughs> and 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 a real and a real problem well, I think everybody's already suspect uh, suspect of it but now we got a tool that you know in, in essence everyone who would be utilizing right right that, there's some good that's awesome. there's some good yeah, yeah. so what's that connecting with you Mark? uh so you know I've mentioned a few times before that I um kind of both in good and bad ways introduce my son to video games yes and he loves playing them yes help me get a little more nostalgic and go back to my gaming days mm-hmm. and start playing again a little more frequently dust off the atari yes. right mm-hmm. yeah not an atari thankfully but uh <laughs> uh he would God, he, I, I can imagine if i put him in front of atari he'd be like Danny, what is like as it is we've played my old <laughs> nintendo like classic nintendo uh-huh. and he's played some of the old games in there he's like why does mario look so weird in this game I'm like, exactly because this is eight bit technology 
technology from 40 years ago, kid. Like, come Shut on. up and just enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I decided we decided for this Christmas to do a little bit of an upgrade, which was as much for me probably as it is for him. Now, originally, my wife was like, well, I was going to tell you to go get a PS5. I was like, that would really be almost exclusively for me. Mm-hmm. I think he would he'd yeah. be fine with it. There'd be plenty of games he'd enjoy, but that'd be much more for me. So we decided to compromise and like, let's get a Nintendo Switch, ah, which is, you know, yes. not brand new. It's been right, right, for a little right, while yeah. now, but we decided to make that upgrade and got him a few games to start. And like, he like was head over heels for like Super Mario Odyssey, mm-hmm. fun game. He's mm-hmm. already played all the way through it, you know, even more than I've even touched it hardly. But myself, what's technicking with me right now is I got myself The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Okay. Which I was always been a huge fan. Are you a fan of these games, Shane? You, uh, Bre- I am. I am. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I was always a fan of the Zelda games back in the past. Played almost all the original Nintendo, Super Nintendo, the Nintendo 64 mm, ones. Okay. Loved Zelda. I've not played a lot of them for years, you know, of time, of a big gap that I had. I was like, this is going to be one of the first games I'm going to have to play. I've heard it's one of the best. And? I, I love it. It yeah, is a nice. fantastic, amazing game. We've gotten to this point where, like, at night when, like, I take my son upstairs and get him ready to get to his yep. shower and, yep. you know, ready for the night or whatever, I go and sit and play. He comes out and watches me play for, like, an hour before bedtime or something. <laughs> nice. And, and he never even... <laughs> <laughs> the best part is my wife is like, aren't you ever going to let him play? And he's like, I don't want to play. Like, Danny's playing. He's awesome. It's, I'm enjoying watching this. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, yes, like, I get my gaming back again. Yeah. But it's it really is. It's a fantastic, again, I know it's, you know, several years old. There's even been a sequel already, but mm-hmm. very immersed in this. It's it's the most fun I've had gaming in a while, and I'm, I'm very it's much enjoying it. It's a beautiful game. It really is. It's a stunning game, just an amazing open world and so much stuff you can do, and yeah, like it's cool. I, I'm, I feel like, like, all right, this is the next level of gaming that I've been missing out on since mm-hmm, I've had mm-hmm. PS3 is the last thing I had, you know. So I'm really excited about uh, playing some more games. Shane, do you get into the go- or the augmented? Uh, are you that deep into it, or so? So I, I am very, very deep into gaming. Uh, gaming is what got me into tech when I was a kid. I, I, I've been gaming since I was like five years old, and I built my first computer. Because of gaming, I've built my fifth or sixth or seventh computer because of gaming. <laughs> uh, I just recently built one, and I, I realized after I built it, I'm like, yeah, it's been four months, and I haven't even installed anything on it. Uh, but yeah, I like, I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy VR and and AR and uh, augmented reality is something that I have been hopeful for for, I've been for a lot longer than I care to admit. And you know, when Google released their uh, their nice little headset and, and it went nowhere. And then Apple, was it last year or the year prior or when, and they were like, this is going to be revolutionary. And I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not because, because we're not ready for it yet. We're not. Yeah. But, but we're closer. And, uh, the, the quest three just came out and, uh, one of its preloaded apps, this is where I think technology and, and, uh, just the normal everyday can, can really begin to overlap. One of its preloaded apps is a piano teacher. And so it uses, it's AR, right? Not VR, so it's AR. And it lays out the notes on all of your keys in front of you. You can tell it to play a song. And then it basically, it works like Guitar Hero. It has the lines coming down indicating where to play. And I'm like, this is amazing because you're offering augmented reality in a way that's functional and teaches. And that's, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Ready Player One. And it, the book, the book really showcases how we can take educational um, intent and mix it with technology and deliver an amazing experience. And, you know, maybe, maybe in 10 or 15 years, we'll, we'll see some really cool advancements, but we're not there yet. That's in the awesome. meantime, we got Zelda. 
Yeah, it means yeah, I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, my, my son's already asking for VR goggles. He's seen them a couple oh, times. Sure, He's like, Daddy, yeah. can I get these things next? I'm like, I don't think we're ready for that. We're not let's, going there. Just let's yet. let's let's just enjoy what we got for now. We'll, we'll take our baby <laughs> steps. So we, I know at some point, yeah, he'll probably have those things and he'll he'll become a more of a gaming whiz than I ever could have mm, been. So mm-hmm. Good All stuff. right, that is What's Tech Connecting with us. Shane Mishler, SD Tech, thank you so much for joining us Thanks, today. Shane. Appreciate having you on the show. Thank you, guys. Hey, until next time, it is time for us to unplug, but, you know, uh, go out there and, you know, find some, yeah. some MSPs to work with. Yeah. Develop some relationships. Yeah. Grow or, your business. Grow your business. Maybe get a little AI robot companion. Oh, I like that. To yeah, greet yeah. you at the door, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as always, please stay connected. Technic Podcast is brought to you by Elo. Built with versatility in mind, Elo's Edge Connect offers a wide assortment of peripheral options for your digital display. Whether we're talking endless aisle, self-order, collaboration, you can seamlessly attach up to four peripherals to the touchscreen edge with the flexibility to add, remove, or change later as needed. I just always think this is so cool, this idea of like, it's not just a screen. Yeah. You've got stuff you can attach to it to I like know. do other cool things. Yeah. And, you know. Well, you have to be modular. Yeah. I mean, our whole lives are built around screens. Right. Now you Very just got to attach stuff to make business happen brother there you go. that's right I like it so all right here's some of the things you can do you can do status lights you can nice. do sensors like temperature sensors mm. 3d or conference cameras barcode scanners card readers collaboration tools payment cradles i mean at this point it's, it's almost like, endless yeah if you can't find some kind of peripheral that's going to meet your customers <laughs> needs i don't think you're really trying like yeah. what are you doing yeah. in the business you're not offering up the right solution yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just out there like trying to like it's like oh a, i got a touch screen too yeah it'd be like just like trying to sell a phone like a bricked phone or something you know, like you know, yeah. like I don't I haven't even turned it on. There's no apps on it or anything. You want it? You know, like <laughs> this will do stuff for your business. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that. We we're all not know doing we're not that. doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Elo definitely isn't doing that, obviously. So to learn more, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star account manager.